On today's episode, I'm joined by Michael Boroslavsky, who is a serial entrepreneur who buys online businesses. And today we're going to be digging deep into exactly what that means and what that can mean to you as a business owner or someone just looking to invest in and grow your portfolio. He's got 18 years experience in the industry with several hundred deals under his belt. So this is someone I'm very interested in speaking to and I've been excited about doing this interview. So the question is this, how do entrepreneurs like us who don't have an endless supply of cash, how do we leverage the best apps, virtual assistants, automation tools and systems to scale our businesses, increase our profits and have more time to do what we love to do each day? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Dr. Steve Day and this is Systemize Your Success. So welcome, Michael. Hi, Steve. Glad to be here. Fantastic. So do you want to just kick off, give us a, a quick introduction to, to to you and your business or your what you do and uh, what brought you here onto the show today and what, you, what we're going to talk about this, evening, uh, this afternoon? Yeah, so I have a couple of decades of experience in buying, selling, managing, operating all sorts of online businesses, primarily content-based businesses. And uh, my main company now called Domain Magnet and we operate several small funds and uh, help uh, our customers and investors acquire online businesses and then we manage them for them. Okay. And so I'm interested in this for a couple of different reasons. Firstly, because I think diversifying your investments is a very wise thing to do. And so this is an opportunity to do that, to invest in a different asset class to what other people might typically look at when they're looking to actually uh, create a portfolio of assets so uh, how do, how does that work if i was just um an investor and really just looking to spread my risk you know maybe come out of the stock market uh, so to speak or don't want to invest in property at the moment for for obvious reasons uh, for for some people then um then why would you look at this as a as a opportunity for for investment and what are the potential um, the gains, but also what, what are maybe the potential risks that you need to keep an eye on before before investing? Yeah, good question, Steve. So first of all, why this might be interesting right now, you can acquire a, a content business for somewhere around two and a half to three times the annual profit. So what that means is if you go and if let's say you have $300,000 you want to invest and, and you can buy a business that will be earning $100,000 annually or more in profit. So uh, on paper, these are amazing returns. You don't really get this kind of returns in anything else, any other kind of investment, but it's hardly a passive investment. So if you buy an online business, you still have to manage, operate it, you have to understand how it all works. Uh, so that's one thing. Uh, the other opportunity is you can invest in funds the right different funds and companies like ours that uh, allow people opportunity to invest passively in someone who basically has the expertise, know what the, knows what they're doing, and then goes and uses these funds to acquire a content business and operate, run it, grow it, uh, and, uh, and, and as they grow it and then resell it for a profit. Okay. Uh, do the funds work similarly to stocks and shares type funds in that you um, we get a sort of often a fixed rate on return, or is it linked to how successful the businesses are? And do you have a choice over the type of businesses that are invested in, or how how does that side of things work? 
So it, it really varies. It's it's a pretty new industry, so it's it's all sort of developing, but uh, it's roughly the equivalent of the real estate fund where you, let's say, someone has a property that they want to buy, and I think it's a great idea, so they go and and find like a hundred investors who would contribute a little bit each, and then they buy the property and uh, distribute the the profits between the investors. So that's roughly the idea. Uh, the biggest difference, of course, is that uh, it's it's a lot more it's a lot different running a website than running a property. Like uh, it's pretty straightforward running a property, operating uh, a, a rental property. Of course, there are different things you need to know and understand. But when it comes to running an online business, there are so many different uh, skills, expertise, areas. You have to have a team. You have to be able to really uh, do your diligence properly. So it's a lot more complex in that sense. Yeah, I mean, I know just from experience yeah. of running my own website and my own marketing for, 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 for my company, which I know very, very well, that it's it crosses so many different domains and skill sets to be able to actually keep um you know business promoted online and and i guess if if it's something you do every day then fine but if it's not if it's not something that you're doing every day and it's not sort of within your skill set already you don't have that established team then i guess just simply going out and buying a business like this an online business um it, it wouldn't potentially like well, it possibly would work but it's going to be a big risk um, and I guess what you're saying is if you invest in sort of a fund or you also had, you also mentioned about a managed option as well. So is that different from the fund or is that the same sort of thing? Uh, yeah, so for us, I uh, mean, Magnate, we have two options. One is people that come in and invest in one of our group buys. Uh, group buy is sort of a small fund where uh, people contribute between, generally between 50000 to maybe $100,000 each and and then we would go and buy one or several uh, content websites and, and grow them and so this is a completely passive investment the investor has no decision power and uh, like they they do not have to look at the at, at the deals that we acquire or sell we don't need to make any decisions and it wouldn't make sense for them to do because most of them don't really understand the the business well enough to make decisions right um and then the other option is uh, to buy an individual website so for people who have generally more capital to invest and also want to own directly a business and be more involved in operations and how it all goes so then we offer them an opportunity to find them a site that fits the criteria and then acquire and manage it for them okay so if you flip it around looking from a, the other end of the perspective so to speak so say if I if I had a website uh, and it had traffic going to it and um, was generating income, uh, I guess the first question is what sort of income should I would I need to, to actually look at selling it a, a site? Does it really matter? I mean, I'm thinking about things like advertising income, um, but also digital products and um, course. If, I'll tell you what, let's look, look at my example. So um, I don't think my business would fall into the category of what you're talking about, but it may be good to explore the reasons why not. And that could then contrast it to what would be a good uh, business that you'd look at. And so my business is uh, we have an online site. We get most of our businesses either through referrals or through um, our, uh, our website. Uh, we don't really do particular. We don't really do a lot of paid traffic or paid con uh, uh, paid yeah, advertising. And um, 
So, but my business is primarily a coaching and service business. So I'm guessing that wouldn't really work in this this example. And so if we I mean, I'll put it over to you. Would that work? And if not, why not? And what what like are the criteria that you really look for? Uh, well, first of all, you can sell anything that that has some revenue and some profits. Uh, if your business is profitable or at least it has good revenue, there is a chance that there will be people who are interested in it. If you have no revenue or no or no profits, that might be more challenging. But if it's profitable, first of all, that that's good. Um, if your business, if I were to look at it from a buyer's perspective, I guess the first question I would ask myself is how would I how would I generate revenue after acquiring it? Like if you are now generate revenue by providing these coaching services, I would ask myself uh, after you after you sell it, presumably you will not be involved in the company anymore then how would I generate that revenue? And if I have uh, a good way to do it, then I might be interested. Like if I am a coach myself and I can provide the services or if I know some people who are coaches and can do that, or if there is already an existing team in the business and I can simply take over it and continue. Um, so the way I look at it is the business consists of different parts, right? How you generate traffic how you like how you do the marketing and all that how you find the customers how you generate revenue how what the services you provide and and, and all the kind of internal internal structures in between so if those can be maintained upon your living and selling then that certainly is a possibility okay so if we look at that pick up on what you just said there um, and obviously this podcast is the Systemize Your Success podcast, and, and I'm very passionate about systems in business. And so a couple of things you mentioned there really, for me, um, self-alarm, not alarm bells, I'm going to repeat my interest, I should say, because you're talking about things like when the business owner exit the business, how does the business continue to function in effect? I'm putting words in your mouth, but I'm paraphrasing it a little. Yeah. Um, and so... When you're looking at businesses, do you look at how systemized they are? Do they? And if you are, if you do that, in what ways do you do you actually look to see um, what's in place or what's important to you as a as a buyer when you're looking at the, in, the operations of the business? Yeah, so we primarily focus on content businesses now, and our acquisition uh, range is generally. Uh, in six to seven figures, so uh, most most of our deals are somewhere around half a million dollars, sometimes a bit more. So in those price ranges for content businesses, there is usually uh, it's usually just a content website that's that's doing quite well. It has a lot of content, and there is writers. So so you don't really need a lot of systems. What I mean, you don't really need a big team to manage a, a business that size. So typically, you might have like one or several people, generally freelancers. And uh, so there is not so much of a question of understanding systems. But occasionally we do look, we also buy sales businesses and occasionally we look at e-commerce services-based businesses. And with those, you definitely need some better systems. Um, so especially when it comes to, to sales businesses or uh, like agencies and uh, provide all kinds of services. So we would certainly look at how organized things are, how optimized things are. And uh, again, the biggest question uh, is is to see how much it depends on the on the owner, on the seller. So that 
yeah to see that the business would continue to function well if you simply remove the seller from the equation remove the, the current owner so if things are really systemized then that's that's generally becomes a lot more interesting for potential buyers and a lot more valuable and do you think there's from what you're saying i'm again i'm sort of joining the dots a little bit but the value of the business itself if it is systemized if it requires systems and i i think most businesses require some level of systems whether little or not or, or big and i'm just thinking the reason i was picking up on that was there the the i read a book great book by dan norris called uh, the content machine and that's basically about building a content business and in effect of creating your systems and your um policies and your um, procedures around actually getting freelancers to come and publish content on your site in a systematic and reliable and scalable way and um and, th- and that book is is so for me reading it like it's such a systems heavy book um in that they it's just about documenting every nuance and you know talking about the 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 white spacing the font sizes the the use of language the terms allowed the the size of the images that every single detail of how the, the site is uh, the content is going to be published um is all in there and I, and I would just imagine from, from my own side the systemization of the marketing of sites as well or the seo and all that side of stuff um so that's why i was interested to see that that's i interested to hear when you when you mentioned actually those those sort of businesses don't require so many systems so um is that because that the it's this it's the experience level of the staff in those those businesses that that mean that actually some of that stuff just happens or um did i miss the point completely <laughs> yeah sure let me clarify what i mean is when we acquire these businesses we we don't really need to have the previous owner put up a lot of systems because it's easy to take over and we know how to do content that's what we specialize on so we can simply put our system and and apply that to the business because there is not a lot of um there's not a lot of internal knowledge there is not a lot of there is specific domain knowledge that you would need to have in order to be able to manage a content business compared to for example a, an agency that provides some sort of seo services or a business like yours uh like that would be quite complex uh and that would require a lot of specific domain knowledge and understanding of the system so uh, so from the buyer's perspective the content from the manager's perspective, from the operator and owner perspective, certainly a content business needs quite a bit of systems, but from a buyer's perspective, not so much. And for our different content businesses that we manage, we have quite a few uh, systems systems on how to do the, the topic research, how to find the best topics to write new articles on, how to assign the best writers for each topic, how to follow up on it so that everything is delivered on time, publishing it, optimizing it, um editing updating all, all the articles uh, putting all the all the ads all the affiliate links and so on and there is a, the whole team is involved more or less on each website so they have to be able to interact effectively so there's quite a few systems as well yeah that's true oh yeah so you basically you yeah in effect you are buying a business and then using that um the front end really so the traffic um, and then you're applying your business acumen, but all of your systems into that to use you basically to use that as a marketing funnel in effect or a, a front end. The back end becomes just part of your bigger infrastructure 
Um, so therefore you're growing your audience by buying the business. Is that the kind of model? Well, in, in a way, uh, we don't necessarily focus on a specific niche or industry. So we are more like niche agnostic. We just look for, for good, solid businesses, solid websites that have lower risk uh, in terms of organic Google traffic and and that we, we see we can grow, we can maintain. But in general, we can find writers that, that can write on any topic. So that's why it's not so important. But we do have some certain preferences for specific industries. And uh, we do have the benefit of scale in a sense that we are able to more efficiently produce content and do SEO um, at scale. So it's easier for us to do it like on 10 sites at the same time, 10 or 15 projects that we usually uh, operate compared to uh, if you only have one project and then you need to go and find different people to do different things. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Okay, fantastic. Um, so if if I was looking to sell a, a business now and, and what are the things that I should be doing to get like, maybe you don't want to give these secrets away, but I think it'd be very interesting to people to know if you wouldn't mind sharing them is if I wanted to maximize the value of the business that I am actually putting up for sale, are there steps I can take before I get to that point to actually increase the value and therefore obviously get a better return on all the, the hard years often of work you put into actually building up a, a site or a business? Yeah, sure. Well, first of all, I have some bad news, unfortunately. The market is is down these days. In the past six months or so, the, the prices for online businesses on average have dropped somewhere around 20-25%, the same way that, that the markets globally have, 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 have been down as well. So it's probably not the best time to sell. But who knows? Maybe it will get who, worse. The thing is, we don't know when when the listeners yeah. are listening to this. They might listen to this in five years' time from today. Yeah. So so you never know. It might be booming again by the time they listen to this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so the first thing to, to do before you sell your business is just get your numbers straight. Understand really well what are your revenues, what are all the sources of revenues, uh, what are your expenses, sources of expenses, at least for the past 12 months and put it all in a spreadsheet. Um, and that will give you a pretty good idea of where you are, what are your profits, if any. If you don't have any profits, maybe don't sell yet. Um, so that's the first step. And when once you have the numbers, uh, like the saying goes that, that numbers speak better than words, I think I think there is a saying like that. <laughs> it certainly applies to, to buying businesses. And, uh, and, and then you can look and see, first of all, where, uh, depending on what is your time frame for sale, which is also very important, if you want to sell immediately, then uh, all you can do is just get your things together and then uh, talk to a broker or place it on a marketplace or talk to some potential buyers directly that you know. And if you have a longer time frame, let's say you want to sell within the next year, uh, then you can take the time to really look at what can be improved what expenses can you reduce? What revenues can you grow? Uh, and uh, try to get the maximum value out of the business. And also, of course, systemize everything so that uh, you can ask yourself, if I remove myself from the business, will it continue to function properly? And what are the parts of the business that might not function very well? 
So you would want to systemize those or make sure that uh, the potential buyer who would acquire the business would know exactly how to manage those. Yeah, I think um, that's music. Music's my ears. <laughs> Say that, Michael. But uh, I think like, going back to my um, example before of uh, Content Machine and um, that book really drove that home. This is, I've read it many, many years ago. And um, the the level of systemization in something which on the surface seems like like you just get a writer and they write an article for you. Um, and to but to actually put that into practice to, like you said, as a buyer, it's a great opportunity for you because you can apply your systems. But if you're actually running that business yourself, you need all these systems, you need everything in place to make it functional and profitable. Um, and uh, yeah, so I uh, couldn't agree with you more. And uh, and one thing I've learned o- over the years is um, is the more systems you have, the easier your life becomes. It's like, and if that's the case, if I was thinking of buying a business, I mean, for me, I'd probably want a business that's not very systemized because that's my thing. But if you're buying a business that actually, um, as just an investor, as a as a just in, uh, add to your portfolio. Um, then if you can see like, the documentation of everything, for me, that is like, like for me, it's, I, I'm a big process map freak, um, but I also need to see those process maps implemented, how they actually translate from just a diagram on a, on a wall or a, a whiteboard into actually the business operations and how actually they're used. And um, so for me, that that's, that's what creating a systemized business is about. It's about dumping everything out of the business owner's heads, out of all the key um, the key uh, knowledgeable workers' heads to remove the dependence on all those key people, and then, like you say, if you come to and sell the business, those people aren't required. So, I guess it becomes a more um, attractive proposition. Yeah, absolutely. And this is also a vetted strategy for acquisitions. Uh, what you mentioned is looking at businesses that are simply not systemized very well, uh, businesses that are not managed very well and then you you can acquire them cheaper and bring all those efficiencies and systems into place and uh, resell yeah absolutely um i said she when i was looking at your website earlier i did i was sort of thinking like buying a business you sort of saying like two to three times profit um roughly um for, for to to purchase a business and i was just thinking like what is it that if i spent a couple of years building up a business um to then sell it for say two times my profit um it, it doesn't seem to make make sense to me so what are the sort of reasons or the drivers do you think that that bring people to to sell businesses rather than rather than acquire them well uh, a business does require some some operations some some maintenance if you think of an online business in the same way as you think of an offline business, um, let's say you own a grocery store, um, it's not, it doesn't run itself, does it? There is quite a lot of things you would need to do to operate it. So you, you can certainly see yourself getting tired from it at some point and just feeling that, you know, I want to do something else now. I want to put my time into something else and I want to get some money to, to do something different. And it's very similar with an online business. People lose motivation. They they want to do something different. They uh, uh, they just no longer feel uh, excited about the topic. And sometimes people actually build businesses with the intention to sell. And then they, they have this whole roadmap. And then, okay, this is the time to sell it. I'm going to sell it now. 
Yeah, no, it makes makes perfect sense. Um, all right, so if we drawing to a, to a close shortly, but I guess if you could give us like your um, top five reasons why you think people should invest in online businesses as a, as an asset class. Um, I don't know about five, but I'll, <laughs> I'll go for three. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think the biggest thing is that it's a rapidly growing field, especially now since the prices have come down, the opportunities are better. And uh, yeah, it's two to three times the, the annual profit. That's that's a really good uh, good deal in general. So um, it's going to be quite interesting. And also when you look at it long term, like I've started in this business uh, about 18 years ago now, and there was no no industry. There were no no marketplaces, no brokers. There was nothing. Uh, when I was buying a website like 15 years ago, I would just go on a forum. I would find someone that owns a website, and I would say, "What well, do you want to sell it?" And he would sometimes ask me, "Like, what what does that mean? How do you even do that? Is that is that a thing?" And uh, and then we would discuss it and figure it out and do a transaction. And now it's completely different. Now there is this large marketplaces like Empire Flippers and Flippo that do millions and hundreds of millions of dollars in, in transactions. There is dozens of different brokers that specialize in online businesses. So the industry is becoming more and more, sort of, uh, more, more, and more advanced and really developing. But I think there is still uh, there are still quite quite a few gaps that uh, there's still a really good opportunity before it really becomes quite quite heavily uh, uh, consolidated and maybe regulated at some point. Uh, I think it's still one of these few areas that are quite good. And uh, uh, yeah, and uh, I think it's just a really good opportunity for investment. And additionally, I think for those that have some spare time that that might be looking for an alternative career path, that could be a really interesting uh, opportunity to look into as a learning to, to build a website, to build a, an online business that would make them a profit, uh, that would give them a good living or to acquire a business that, uh, that, that, that can uh, replace their career. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I tell you, one of the other things I think is it resonates very much with me and my values is that you can buy, like I say, you can actually buy a business for tens or you know low hundreds of thousands of pounds, and and it can be producing profit from or revenue from day one, and um, you can do that from anywhere. You know, online businesses, by nature, can be run online, and therefore it's completely independent of. Um, any um, the, the typical when you're buying a business, then you have to buy you know, premises or um, the staffing issues as well. The you know, local staff, you're you're you are open to a a global job market instantly because it's an online business. You um, can run it from your laptop anywhere in the world. So for me, I love I love the that the the why side of it of the more over more than just or the lifestyle side of it more than just the um the the, the sensible or the good investments. Um, aspect of the money aspect there's a huge lifestyle um opportunity if someone's been stuck in doing something you know stuck in um, their office or whatever and they're just wanting a way out then to me it seems it seems like a great opportunity yeah absolutely yeah yeah 
Fantastic. Um, before I do finish, I'd like to ask my guests a few quick questions, if I may. I'm not sure if you saw these uh, on the email we sent out, but if not, then they're not they're not too difficult. Um, but the first one is: Can you just give us two or three apps, or browser plugins, or tools, or software that you use every day, and you think you just you couldn't live without? Well, I couldn't live without any of them. <laughs> give me a top three then. But the okay, the top ones I use: um, WhatsApp, Telegram, Zoom. So lots of communication going on then. Yep. Fantastic. And who else do you think would be a great guest on this podcast? Um, I'll have to get back to you on this. I, I can't I can't come up with anything on the spot. <laughs> That's all right. No problem. Um this podcast is called Systemize Success, but what does success mean to you? I love this question. Uh, to me, success is more about balance. I think these days success is all about numbers and profits. And uh, and I think it's about balance. It's about having a balance, um, a life balance, having a balance, having a win-win balance when you, when you buy a business, when you do a deal, having a balance so that your employees are happy, your, your clients are happy, you're making good profits. And... Uh, and that you are not spending, you know, 12 hours a day working, but you have a good personal balance as well. That's what I would call success. Brilliant answer. And lastly, do you believe you can systemize your success and why? Um, yeah, I think absolutely you can. Um, uh, it, it does take effort. It does take some conviction and, uh, and focus. But definitely, uh, if you if you do one small thing every day, or if you focus on one problem every day, one challenge at a time, then gradually you you'll get there. Great answer again. And I'm just going to pick up on that because we actually I talked about this with my uh, one of my staff earlier today, and we've just hit uh, we're just about to hit 100 episodes in our podcast, and um, and I remember reading somewhere. Um, a while ago, I think it was actually when I was reading about Neil Patel going on as guests, and he, and one of the things his criteria was uh, that the podcast has to have done a hundred episodes before he'll consider being a guest on it. And then somewhere else, I read at the similar time, which why the figure stuck in my head was about that that if you're going to launch a podcast, you need to be consistent. You need to have the same the same um, the same podcast, obviously, but to be consistent about what your message is, consistent about the, the delivery of it, do it every week or every day or whatever the cadence is of your podcast and do it until you've got at least 100 episodes. And only then will you see any any return on it. And it's just interesting, like you saying about being consistent and doing like solving the problems day by day and keeping keeping focused on it. Um, because only just now, we're just about to hit 100, 100 episodes. And we're now actually starting to see direct um clients coming directly just from people listening to the podcast so just to emphasize i wasn't in any which way trying to uh uh to pitch my podcast because it's my podcast people listen to so hello everybody uh just a really interesting point and something that i um um i'm learning more and more more years i'm in business it's it's all about focus it's all about being consistent it's all about doing what you say you're going to do consistently and then keeping sticking at it uh, and not getting distracted so yeah i really like that that's all Want to emphasize or, or agree with your 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 point because I wholeheartedly agree. All right, very good.
Cool. Our podcast is now at episode 62. So we, we are still way to go to 100. But I've certainly noticed that um, sometime around, I think like around episode 40 or 50 or so, that suddenly our viewership jumped up. Yeah. And uh, I, th- I think it just happens with time. And uh, and people then go back and watch all the older episodes as well. Uh, so yeah, I think yeah. that's just how it works. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we've seen two big jumps. Just, just it must have been around forty, and then around at around eighty, eighty-five, maybe. Just, just doubled, doubled over time. I thought, oh, it's a glitch, and it just continues. <laughs> then it doubles again. It's very interesting. So anyway, but yeah, so the growth of the podcast could be our next uh, episode we do together. <laughs> cool. And if people do want to find out about you, um, tell us what your podcast is first. Uh, tell us what your podcast is called first of all. Sorry. Uh, yeah, the podcast is the Domain Magnate Show, and it talks about buying, selling, and growing online businesses. And people can find me on um, on Facebook, uh, facebook.com, uh, Domain Magnate, or just email me directly, michael at domainmagnate.com, and check out uh, the different services and uh, information we have on our website, domainmagnate.com. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Michael. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you, Steve. You too. Thanks a lot. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me and listening to this episode. I'm well aware there are hundreds of great business podcasts out there and you chose to listen to this one. And for that, I am truly grateful. Hopefully what you heard today took you one step closer to building a successful business so you can share your passion with the world and serve an ever-growing number of people. If you got value out of today's episode, then so will someone else you know. By sharing with others what has helped you along your way, you will grow your influence and be the guy or girl that everybody wants to know. So please hit the share button right now and also remember to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss future episodes. It's impossible for me to cover absolutely everything in these podcasts. So please do head over to systemizeyoursuccess.com right now and download the show notes, transcriptions and some of my best frameworks and systems for free. Thanks again for tuning in and being a part of this amazing community. Until next time, this is Dr. Steve Day and you've been listening to Systemize Your Success.